Hey friends, your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy GM Prep. In this weekly show, I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. In this case, I am running Scarlet Citadel, the hardcover adventure from Kobold Press. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. Patrons get access to all kinds of exclusive adventures, the City of Arches sourcebook, Uncovered Secrets... Video previews, a dedicated Discord channel, and the monthly Patreon Q&A, but they also help me put on shows like this to the patrons of Sly Flourish. Thank you so much for your support. Last week was a really interesting and fun game. The current level that they're on in Scarlet Citadel is, I think, level two. And level two is pretty bananas. So half of level two of Scarlet Citadel, Scarlet Citadel, if you're not familiar with, is a dungeon-focused adventure a little old school in its approach but it's pretty bananas in in things that it and things that it has going on so it's a great big multi-level dungeon that the characters are going through and the they got through all of the first level a while back and that's a pretty straightforward fight some levels there is an undead section that you really can't do very much with and then the second level is sort of split into two halves one half is the mistress of oozes a woman who creates lots of weird ooze creatures that's pretty straightforward nothing really crazy there and then you get to kagoth z the time lord and the other half of the dungeon which we talked about in our prep session we were prepping for it last week so if you want to learn more about what it was like to prep it you can check out last week's show but there's a whole section about a mage who's manipulating time in order to gather lore from the far, far distant future to bring back to the current time. And he's doing this because the elves had a vast library that they were worried about getting into the wrong hands. So they said, we're going to send that thing a good 100,000 years in the future. And we'll just leave it there. And in 100,000 years, nobody will be able to understand and read this stuff anyway. We'll just stick it there and you know put it like a shell of protection around it. And we'll just leave it there. And Kagoth Z figured out that it was there. So he built a time machine to jump to that place grab some books jump back record the books and then the books would fade back to the future they're sort of set they you you cannot actually manipulate time looking at last week's notes we started off by i I, i've been doing this a lot more this is this is a tip that i picked up that has really paid dividends which is when the characters level every time they level i take part of the session to have them describe the new things that they picked up and it's very helpful i did this last night in my i'm running a light of xeraxis spell jammer game like on irregularly on on fridays and saturdays and they just got to level six so i had them describe what they picked up at level six they also had because that's my one DD playtest group also they had changes to their characters because of the changes to species in the last character packet so we talked about those changes as well in some cases like one was playing an ardling that got nerfed pretty heavily so they were not super pleased and but it's been really very handy to have the players talk about the new things that they picked up on the level so we did that for this one as they leveled up defeating the mistress of oozes they talked about the new abilities that they got i kind of wrote that down in the notes we'll, we'll take a look at that then they started to head into the realm of kagoth z they headed in if we look at the i have a albert rodeo map so they headed this direction they started off this was the room where they had taken like a short rest after defeating what's her name the the ooze lady they beat her then they traveled into the library and they saw all these books that were stacked here there weren't a lot of them. there's only about 12 books but they looked at them and said, wow, this is really valuable stuff. So they grabbed that and then they were exploring this. They did go look down through this big crack and see that it leads down one level. They saw a trollkin who tried to throw a javelin at them. 
kind of fudged it because the javelin throwing was really too far. And then they went around and they found the time machine. They ran into the two constructs that were moving back and forth carrying books to the lab. They they went all the way to the lab and saw that there's two other constructs in there who are actively scrawling it. I had feedback from one of the players that they enjoyed the idea that here are these constructs moving back and forth that weren't combatants, that they weren't didn't have to fight. And instead it was like them understanding what was, was happening with this, that that worked really well for them. And then they found the time construct. Now, the interesting thing is a couple of them, a couple of the characters were up here trying to figure out what they were writing and figuring out the books that they were transcribing, while two other characters were down here monkeying around with the time machine. And only two of them got sucked up in the time machine and then transferred from world to world to world. And that was really fun. They were like, they, they started to figure it out. They're like, oh my God, we are, you know, where are we? And I, I would describe that they figured out that they were, you know, we use this time jump thing, you know, 1500 years in the past, you know, a, you know, 5,000 years in the future, 20,000 years. And I sort of grabbed a couple of these that I liked instead of, instead of rolling, I, I had them roll randomly, but I had them sort of go, they went forward a few. They saw that there were crazy things going on in these places. They had one of the time constructs is reading its watch saying like four, three, two, and then boom, and they transfer again. And then on their way back, they pulled up this, the overgrown subterranean garden with the fungi. And one of our players plays a fungus character, right? His, his character is a mushroom folk. And he's like, oh, hey. And they're like, who the F are you? And he's like, I'm from the past. Is this a good place? And they're like, get out of here. Kill him. And, they, and he's like, oh, my own kind are a bunch of jerks. Future versions of me are a bunch of jerks. And they sent a giant shambling mound back. And the shambling mound dropped into the, the current world. And they had to fight the Shambling Mound. And it was not particularly hard. I'll tell you one thing. So one of our characters, Dorn, took a level of Sorcerer. And guess what he took? Shield. So now he, can, he has like an AC of 24. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah. Shield, man. I hope they fix Shield in one D&D. If they don't fix Shield, I don't know what we're doing. So, yeah. So the, the Shambling Mound really didn't get a lot to do. It did not engulf anybody. It didn't get to punch anybody. Because the one character who was there was kind of blocking it from doing everything else. And he has an AC of 24 because of Shield. So they did, but they had the opportunity to fight the Shambling Mound and they defeated it. And then I think that was where the game ended last, last session. So let's take a look at our secrets and clues and see which ones got exposed in the last session. So Kagoth Z is a powerful wizard, but completely obsessed with acquiring knowledge of the elves who used to be here. The elves managed to hide their lore, not in a place, but in time. This, most of this I took directly out of the book. I just grabbed sort of sections from the book and moved it to, moved it to my secrets and clues one who possesses kagasi's twister time ring the, the, so this was not exposed this was not exposed the twister time is using constructs and a time hopper to travel back and f to a, to the former elven library recover tomes they so they they've seen this process but they have not i don't think they figured these clues out yet the Twister Time had immorted the debased disciple of Geller, build a summoning circle. They did not figure this part out. Kagoth sees Twister Time has constructs of traveling into the future to recover Elven Tomes. I think this is the same one as the other one, right? This is this. I have two two secrets that are that are the same. So we're just going to wipe that one out. Well, actually, yeah, we'll wipe that one out. It's the same thing. When the elves realized the enormity of the library represented, they cast the enchantments over the place to protect it. Their enchantments through the library a hundred thousand years, so they didn't learn that. So they they've seen the whole process, but they haven't actually learned all of the secrets yet. The Twister Time. Kagasi is in league with Immortal the Debased, who speaks for Gellert the Gruesome. They did not learn that. Immortal the Debased travels between levels, but mostly operates in lower levels. They did not learn that. Mages of Scarlet Citadel largely ignore levels three and four. They did not learn that. So they didn't learn almost any of these secrets. They saw the process. There are other passages to the service. So all of these secrets are still good. And I have talked in shows previous 
where I say, delete your secrets and start over again. And then I don't do that. What I don't do is keep a database of secrets. We talked about this last time. So I'm going to create a new session planning template. It is the 18th. And we'll drop those things right in here. Boom. That is pretty good. So the strong start. Oh, well, so let's talk about our characters. Let's take a look at our characters. We have Bart. Bart, played by Jay, is a gear-forged bard. I think Jay is not able to attend today. His character continues to kind of sit and contemplate matters in the safe room that they have there in their mat, in their section over here. There's there's Bart. He's just hanging out with Skick, the Dust Goblin. Skick, I think, has now made his way up to the surface. So he's probably in a safer, he's probably in a safer place. We have Dorn. Dorn is, Dorn Greycastle is played by Joe is a shade fighter who has now also picked up a little bit of sorcerer. He his weird patron when he was when he had potions crashing upon him, it changed him and he's now become a wastelander sorcerer. He saw visions of what the wastelander like. He has these new physical motions. His legs have warped into strange tentacle horse legs. And you know that he's he's definitely picked up some stuff. And of course, he took shield. Because a Wastelander would definitely pick up shield. Who wouldn't pick up shield? It's the best spell. It's one of the best spells. So that is Dorn. I thought that was really cool, though, that like he, his, phys his physicality changed because of getting smashed with all those potions. We have Garble. Garble is a mushroom folk rogue far traveler who is going through the Scarlet Citadel, Citadel in order to find a nice place to call his own for his own people. In addition to having players describe their new abilities that they pick up on level... Another thing you can do is when you're doing your prep and if you're thinking like, I don't feel, I feel a little antsy. I feel like I don't really have everything prepped. What should I be prepping? One, aside from like the eight steps, and this is actually just part of the secrets and clues step is look at each of the characters and try to come up with one secret that ties to each of the characters. What is something you can do for each of the characters that you think will be a good fun tie? What's something that connects their character to the world or to the story or anything like that? And generate a secret for that. And so an example for, for Garble is that Garble, Garble recognizes they won't be able to find a safe spot in Scarlet Citadel as long as the rift to the Dustlands remains open. Closing that rift, that anti-life, closing that anti-life rift is required to bring the growth of Garble's fungi friends to the realm under the citadel so now i can sort of reinforce the quest with one particular character that garble in particular has to find a way to close that rift and doing so is required for the fungal people his fungal people to be able to grow in this place so i think that 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 is a good character-based secret that kind of comes up when I think about Garble. A good time to come up with these secrets is while you're going through the characters themselves. So like for Dorn, let's do this for Dorn. What is something, what is a what is a connection that Dorn has? If 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 Dorn So I think the wastelands, the 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 dustlands continue to call to Dorn and will do so as long as the rift remains open so closing that rift to the dustlands i think it'd be a good connection here as comfortable as the call makes it is not where dorn is meant to be so dorn's quest is, is dorn died and his soul should be going to a good place and instead it kind of got drawn here and put into this other body mez mez room is played by sharon mez is a frost elf fighter parfumier parf parfum 
I can never pronounce that. And Mez is mostly here because he is trying to protect Dorn's body from getting too badly twisted and and turned. And I think that the same that same secret relies to Mez as well. Mez, we can make this a secret. Meg recognizes that while the Dustlands call to Dorn, that is not where Dorn is meant to be. All right, that's a good one for Mez. We have Sister, Malar Sister Malarkey Jones, a warlock cleric, warlock of the, the Weird Weaver, maybe a warlock cleric of the Weird Weaver, sort of taken this bond that they have with it or that she has with this entity and has turned it into a true, a true religion. I think that we're going to build a secret for her. Sister Malarkey Jones recognizes that the altar to the Weird Weaver might be good place to stash the the life core we're gonna call it a life core it's kind of what it was the life core a cosahedron they recovered from the slime furnace whatever that thing was called i think like as they rest malarkey begins to feel a stronger connection to the monument to the Monument of the Weird Reaver beneath the Temple of Kors in Red Tower. That's a good one. And then we have Skrink. Skrink Skibbers, played by Juliet, is a rat folk wizard occultist who was sacrificed upon the altar and returned called by the Weird Weaver. And I think Skrink, in particular, probably hears the Weird Weaver, feels, probably feels the Weird Weaver's bonds tightening for each chain broken there are four such chains two of them here on level two and two of them far below all four must be broken to free the weird weaver that's a good secret so those are good character things that are going on i'm wondering whether so you know you can't go wrong with an encounter and i'm thinking of grabbing some kind of construct and having a having them have to battle maybe a, I think a couple of constructs I think like two two guardian constructs that that Kagoth Z created to sort of help him in this place and that while they've been they've been running around and kind of dorking with things I think that they've probably have triggered some stuff like the, an intrusion an intruder alarm went off and I think that's good so now I got to find a construct Cobalt Press has a tool available where you can search their monsters. And you can do something, for example, like say type construct. And we will say, oh, do 100. These are all of the monsters that are available in Kobold Press books. The sources include all the Tome of Beasts and the Creature Codex. So we can take a look through the Library Automata. I'm probably going to, I want something probably around the middle Clockwork Beetle Swarm, Clockwork Huntsman, Barnyard Golem, Bronze Golem, Clockwork Abomination. We have those Dreadwalker excavators. Those are, those are, that'd be kind of interesting to throw those in there. Fellforge are CR5s. Those are in Toma Beast 1. Let's pull one of those up and take a look at it. I think I use these for other things and it might, it might work. They're pretty tough. But, you know, the characters are pretty tough. The characters are now, are they fifth level? I can't remember what level they are. I think they might only be fourth. 
So I don't probably want to be too hard on them. Felforge have 135 hit points. AC 15. Two necrotic slams. Plus five to hit. 11 bludgeoning plus four necrotic and must succeed in a DC 14 con saving throw where its hit point maximum is reduced by an amount equal to the total damage. Whoa, that's pretty brutal. One of these would probably be a good fight. Soldiers for vampires. Felforge commonly seek out greater undead as their masters. Vampires and liches are favorite leaders, but banded banshees and dark cool must also make suitable commanders. That's pretty cool. I think a neat idea might be that it got sort of possessed or maybe Kagoth Z took something of a wraith out of the Dustlands and created a Felforged. Probably too Felforged is too much. Violent escapement. With a little regard for the clockwork bodies they inhabit, Felforged wraiths can stress and strain the mechanisms as a bonus action. A violent burst of gears and pulleys. Deal seven piercing damage. All foes within five feet who fail a DC saving throw. I might expand that to do backline damage in case this thing gets 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 pinned down. Yeah, so I think we're going to use a Felforged. I think we're going to have, the, I think we're going to start today's session. A Felforged of Kagasi comes around to see what the problems are. It takes to the characters, dot, 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 poorly. Felforged is on page 182 of TOB1. Cool. We'll put Felforged down in our monsters. I think they're fourth level. I think there are five characters. Five times four is 20. That means five. The deadly CR benchmark is five. This guy is five, but there's only one of them. But two would be too much. I think two would be too deadly. So we're not gonna, we're not gonna do that. I don't really have to worry about fantastic locations because again, it's all in the book. We can delete that. For this, we have Kagos. There's also the demon guy or the devil I put in here. Laskabag. Labaskalag. L-A-S-B. Any other NPCs that we have going on and are likely to show up in today's session? I don't think so. Any other monsters? We have the, the things that we have. Oh, I, I think I was going to have Kagoth Z have some protection because as a mage, I think he's not protected enough. And I think, again, he would have constructs that do it for us. So what would be, and certainly not like big ass CR5 things. I'm going to do a search for clockwork. Let's see what I get. So there's clockwork soldiers. There's Clockwork Abominations. There's Clockwork Assassins. That's pretty cool. That's in the Codex. Probably Soldiers make sense. So let's take a look. Clockwork Soldiers are in the Creature Codex. So let's let's take a look through that. Again, go to Cobalt Press. Creature Codex. One thing I'm very much enjoying about this is using monsters that are almost exclusively from Cobalt Press material. It really make, gives the game... This whole thing, like one of the things I've really been trying to do with this is really give D&D a very different feel. And when you grab on to like everything from one source, if you say like, we're really going to focus on Cobalt Press sources, you have the player's handbook that you're bringing in, but almost everything else, monsters, adventure, character options, all of the rest of the books that I'm using are coming from Cobalt Press. It p puts a whole different wrapper around D&D in a way that I have not had when I've been running other D&D games using all, the, all the, the Wizards material. I don't know why their cover is so damn big. It's really weird. I should delete the cover. You know what? I got rid of the TOC and I need it. Why did I do that? There we go. And we were doing clockwork, clockwork. And we want the clockwork soldier. Clockwork soldier, 45 hit points, AC one, makes a halberd attack, an overdrive flurry. The soldier makes four halberd attacks. After taking this action, it is stunned until the end of its next turn. That's pretty cool. I probably give it two attacks and how many of them make sense. So we maybe up to three of them. If they're doing double attacks, their AC is so low. That's weird. They're made out of metal. Why is their AC so low when they're made out of metal? 
That's surprising. Give him 16 AC. Look at him. Look, how is that not plate armor? That's weird. They move funny. I love the Clockwork Assassin. 99 hit point CR6. That's pretty cool. Is there any other one that sort of makes more sense? Soldier, Weaving Spider, Hounds, Clockwork Huntsman, Abomination, Assassin, Mantis, Myrmidon. That's not bad. Let's take a look at that. That's, that's Tome of Beast 1. Take a look at what the Clockwork Myrmidon looks like. I remember that guy. CR6, 153 hit points. This makes more sense. Actually, I think we're going to use the Clockwork Myrmidon instead of the, the, the other Forge guy. It's a little tougher, but that works better. And it's got this flame jet that can like burn other people so that you, you know Mr. Shield isn't going to take everything on him. So I think we're going to use the Myrmidon instead of that other Clockwork guy. So that's page 64. That works better. I think having Clockwork Soldiers. And that was on page 65. A few of these guys... We'll see what it feels like. I'll drop some in. And Kagoth Z is a maid. I wonder if there is a cooler kobold press monster we could use. So we can, instead of construct, we can pick humanoid and get rid of clockwork. And we're gonna we're looking in the CR five-ish region and take a look at if any of these speak to us as a better maid. There's a kobold wizard. That's CR5. That's in the creature codex. Let's take a look at that. See if we can reskin. Looks cool. We can reskin a lot of this. I don't know. This doesn't really, you know, it's not very that much different than a mage. We're going to reskin the mage's stuff a lot to be time based stuff. So I think we'll just do Kagoth Z as a mage. And maybe he has a way to like time, you know, an ability to twist time a little bit and put his clockworks in harm's way. I think we'll give him like three clockwork soldiers that he can sort of throw in front of him so he doesn't take a bunch of damage. I think that might be that might be pretty that could work. Treasure. Is there any special treasure that we want to drop in? Let's take a look at what the adventure itself has. Let's see if there's any. So I know that there's a the, his his chambers, which are probably locked, probably have some stuff. That's area 217. This is his living chamber. He has some spell scrolls. Bell scroll of teleport of teleportation circle. That's pretty great. He's got a bag of holding, teleportation, potion of hill giant strength. Doesn't appear to have any permanent magic items. Does Kagoth Z himself have any kind of fun items? Let's I keep getting rid of the toolbar, and then it turns out I want it. I don't see any special magic items. We wears the ring of being anchored in time, which renders him immune to the risks of time the time tributary. It'd be kind of fun. Does that does that ring have any other kind of does that ring have any other kind of interesting ability i don't know if the book offers anything about his maybe it's under the magic items duh the ring of being anchored in time you're immune to any form of time manipulation also slows the effects of time on the wear by 50 percent. you age a year for every two you need to take long rest half as often because you remain rested and healthy, half as much food. There is a cost. After finishing a long rest, wear must make a DC 10 con saving throw or gain a level of exhaustion. That's kind of lame. Ring consists of a plain platinum band. Isn't technically cursed, but Kagasi got it by stealing it from a Glabrazo. That's interesting. This is a good bit of lore worth worth keeping. I wish it did something else. I mean, I, th I think... So I think we might, you know, it's a little bit boring, but I think we can go with a ring of protection. Who doesn't want one of those? So I think it'll be a straight ring of protection, and the idea is because it's giving it's giving you this bonus AC and saving throws because you're able to you're able to kind of shift yourself in time a little bit, and you age half as long, you age half as slow, and you're immune to the time stuff, and there's a Glabrazo who wants it back. 
the Ring of Time stuff. So, yeah, so that's good. So I never actually talked about like what scenes occur here. So the characters, let's go back to that chapter, chapter two. It's amazing how useful this table of contents is. Tables of contents, useful. The big question is where are they going to run into him? And I think it might be in area 209. I think that's where he's going to be when the characters, and he'll be on whatever side of it is there, and he's going to try to get them to come and get him. That would be really dangerous. That would be really kind of cool. So I think that that's where he's going to be. What's room 210? Uh, 210 is just the stairwell. Nothing else of interest there. 211 is where the demon is summoned. 212 is a, a bunch of boring-ass storerooms. 213 is the scriptorium. They've already seen that. 217 is his office. I think I do want to put some other magic items in his office. So let's use... Sly Flourishes, Lazy DM Generator. And we're going to generate, we'll do a, they're, they're level one, we'll do the, the regular horde. I'm looking for one that's got like a folding boat. Hmm. You'd think a folding boat wouldn't be that valuable, but in, down there's a thing in the river sticks below. And I think he'd have one. So this kind of makes sense. So we're going to grab that bit of pile of treasure. Stick in here. I don't know why these line breaks don't come out right. So there's a treasure hoard. So the Lazy DM Generator, this is available to patrons of Sly Flourish, and you can generate all kinds of different random stuff, including generating DMG-style treasure hoards. But I do want to put some uncommon items in there, and we will do Midgard items, and we will put Deep Magic spells. An Obsidian Gnomish, this makes sense, man. An Obsidian Gnomish plus one Wand of the War Mage of Boreas the Devouring Wind that casts Devouring Darkness. What is Devouring Darkness? Ninth level? No, I don't think so. Terrifying nightmarish monsters exist within the unknown. You create six spheres of void-like darkness, each 30-foot diameter centered on points within the spell's range. Yeah, I don't think we're doing that. Each creature that ends its in, in turn inside of a sphere takes 5d6 psychic damage, or half as much. Hmm. That is a bit much. That's, that's, that's too much. I like the plus one Wanda the War Mage of Boreas the Devouring Wind. That is a pretty cool item. Do we have any wizardy people, really? We have a... Yeah, the warlock. Maybe it's not a... Yeah, well, the one that the war mage... The problem is... So the cleric warlock can't use it. The bard can't use it. The fighter sorcerer... Dorn could use it for his sorcerer stuff. Rogue can't use it. The other fighter can't use it. The warlock can't use it. Oh, Skrink. Skrink could definitely use it. Okay, so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I dig that. Devouring darkness. Let's do spells by school. Void spells. I kind of like the idea that it's able to do something else. But there's time. Isn't there time spells in deep magic? It'd be cool if it had a time spell. Temporal magic. Let's take a look at this. This is deep magic by Coldwell Press. Bunch of spells. The general consensus seems to be that the quality of these spells is kind of all over the place. So you want to look at what spells you've got. Accelerate. Three willing creatures for the duration. Each target's walking speed is double. Each target can also use a bonus action on each of its turns to take the dash action. It has advantage and dexterity saving throw. That's not bad. I don't think that the wand could do that all. They probably want to use like a first level spell that it could do at will. With a quick glance in the future, you can pinpoint where a gap is about to open in your foe's defenses and you strike. After casting Anticipate Weakness, you have advantage on attack rolls until the end of your next turn. Woo. That's an interesting one. That's a first level spell. That's not great. Chronal Lance. Ravages of aging on three creatures within range, discomforting them and making them appear elderly for a time. Each striker makes a wisdom saving throw or its walking speed is halved. 
And it has disadvantage on dex checks, but not saving throws. An affected creature repeats the saving throw at the end of each turn, ending the effect on itself. Eh, that's not very much. That's not very cool. Thanks to your foreknowledge, you know exactly when your foe will take his or her eyes off you casting the spell. as the same effect as making a successful dexterity stealth check, providing provided cover or concealment is available within 10 feet of you. It doesn't matter whether the enemies can see you when they cast a spell. They glance away at just the right moment. You move up to 10 feet as part of the spell, provided you're able to move. Move doesn't count as your normal movement. After the spell is cast, you must be in a position where you can remain hidden. That's kind of cool. That it can maybe it can tell foretell distraction, which gives you like a same effect as making a successful dexterity stealth check, provided cover. So it essentially lets you use your bonus action to hide, which is not bad for a wizard. This is from foretell distraction, and this is from deep magic page two fifty nine, and it can do so at will. So that's pretty good. So these are some good. Yeah, this is this is all good stuff, I think. Oh, so scenes. All right. So they're going to explore, well, let's see, face the Myrmidon. They're going to explore level 2 west. Face face the devil, the trapped devil. Face face and face Kagoth Sea and then travel to level 3. That is almost certainly a session's worth of stuff. Do they want to return home? I guess they have options, right? Return to Red Tower or travel to level three. They will not have had an option for a rest and they don't know how safe it is to rest here. I think wandering slimes are going to end up taking over. Oh, well, then they have to disable. The big one is disable the time hopper and remove its core. Core is another icosahedron with time magic inside. This is kind of becoming a thing. And I think you could basically say that there are four of these artifacts that are the chains. They all must be closed and sealed and brought to the temple of the Weird Weaver. And the four thing, the four cores could be life, time, death, and the void. That's a secret. Stick that into the secrets. Each source of energy twisting the ley lines of Midgard resides in an artifact called a core of the Weird Weaver. Each is in Posehedron. Time, life, death, and the void. That's not bad. It kind of, you know, puts a structure to things. And they will have the life and time they will have. But death and the void are the ones down below. I think that makes sense with, with where things are going. So they remove the they they remove the core. Doing so, I don't think is going to be as difficult as dorking with the other machine. I think they can use Kagoth Z's ring, turn it, and bang, and slam shut, and then they have a second icosahedron that has that magic in it. And I think that then they're all set. Let's take a quick look at what level three looks like. Level three is the Dwarven Barracks, and the issue with the Dwarven Barracks is Trollkin, Dwarf Mercenaries. So it's a Dwarven area, and this is one where it's very dangerous, supposedly. They'll be fifth level at this point, though. But there's a bunch of different trollkin, and there's a big pile of trollkin in here, so you can sort of separate out what you've got. And let's take a look. So the stairs that they come down, yeah, they come down th through 301. 304, they had that big hole in the ground. And 301 is the main, is the main chamber. Monolith Footman. I like this. There is definitely some like funny writing in here that I really enjoy. Characters moving on them carefully have no difficulty, but trying to run with lich hounds on your heels, for example, is a different story. That's pretty, that's pretty funny. 
big, big, cool hall, grand larder. Most of this is going to be getting from place to place. Does 301 have a stairwell that just leads right back down again? Connect to the hidden staircase on the surface about four. Oh, so right here. This is cool. This is their connection point. So if they come down the stairs here into this main hall, they'll see that there's a staircase. And this spirals all the way up to the surface, which means that they can find an entryway back to level three. This is that whole kind of connection. I wonder if it's in that map in the beginning. So they don't show it here. They show the pit in the library. That's cool. But there, yeah, there is a staircase that leads all the way from level three back up to the surface. So that's pretty cool. What kind of location? I, I pulled out the locations, but I want to put a location here. Uh, we're going to go to our little generator and we're going to go to monument and we're going to say it's a Midgard monument and we don't have to apply a spell to it. Flaming floating throne of Bako the Elven God of Poetry. Man, bladed haunted battlefield of the hunter. Hmm. Unhallowed emerald ruins of Loki, the northern trickster god of cunning, mischief, and malice. That's kind of fun. Infernal ancient stone circle of Thor. Glyphed haunted mausoleum of Yarla, the, the prophet, the elven of the, the elven green gods. I kind of like this. A glyphed haunted mausoleum. Yeah, this is the hidden way to level three, area one, 301. So you go back up the stairs and it enters into a mausoleum, an elven mausoleum. Would it be an elven mausoleum? The dwarves built it, right? It might be better for dwarves. Glyphed haunted mausoleum and instead of Yarla. Let's find a dwarven dwarven god. Let's go with, I should know him off, not off the top of my head now, but I don't. Midgard world book. Somebody was asking like, you know, I keep coming back. Midgard world book. Fantastic book. I think it might be my favorite Cobalt Press book. It is really, really good. Oh, and I have something fun to review that I'll review later. I, I just got, I'll show it off real quick. Where is it? I picked this up. Cobalt Press just put this up. It's for sale. It's a Zobux Clockwork City source book. 305 page book. You can pick it up on Cobalt Press right now. They didn't kickstart it. It brings together all of the stuff they've written about Zobek from many, many different sources and reformats it and puts it into one big book. And it is a really, you know, really, really good looking book. Lots of stuff. If you're running anything in Zobek, this is a fantastic thing to do. It's a really, really good product. I'm waiting till I get my physical copy and then I'll probably do a spotlight on the, on the Lazy D&D talk show. But if you, it is, it is, it is really good. The clockwork, Zobek clockwork, this sits side by side with the Midgard world book, but the Midgard world book is still really, really good. I picked that up. Dwarven gods. Because the dwarves built the staircase, it goes to their area. So it's, they would be the ones to hide. Yeah, it's a Valoon, right? God of earth and fire. Why not? That is on 361. Cool. So I think it would be really nice. I think they're going to want to learn. There is a secret staircase leading from level the, the main hall of level three to the surface, to a hidden tomb, to a hidden mausoleum on the surface. Because it's kind of lame if they have to make, I don't know. I will play it by ear. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna force a thing. I was. I was a little worried that they would, like, go all the way back up through level two and one, take a rest, then go all the way back down through one, two, and then get to three, and only then realize, oh wow, there's a shortcut. But I think that actually is kind of cool. So I don't. I don't mind it. They might find it on their way if they decide to go straight. They might not. So I think. I think that is that. So we are all set. I feel like I've got plenty of material here to run today's game. I feel like my notes are all set. I'm excited for it. I feel confident, which is the main reason we do our prep. 
I would like to thank everybody for hanging out with me today while I was prepping for my game. If you enjoyed this show and you want more of my material, subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter. Best way to get all of the material that I work on. You get a weekly D&D related article sent to your inbox, which also includes links to all of the other stuff that I do. You get access to a adventure generator PDF, which includes like really quick play D&D rules to, to run a very quick D&D game. That is your free gift for joining up for the newsletter. All of that is perfectly free. You can support me directly on Patreon. Patrons get access access to a dedicated Discord channel, the monthly Q&A, City of Arches Sourcebook, Uncovered Secrets, Adventures, all kinds of stuff that you get for becoming a patron of Sly Flourish. Very, it's worthwhile. Low, low price. And you can pick up any of my books, including Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, which is the format of, that's the book that talks about the steps that I've just gone through. The Lazy DM's Workbook and the Lazy DM's Companion, which contain a lot of the random tables and the ideas that you saw me playing with that all come from that book. Thank you all very much. Have a great day. Get out there and play some D&D. &D.